Psalm number 25. We'll begin reading in verse number 12. What man is he that feareth the Lord? I remembered Sister Pat's printout of the verses, but I forgot to send out the verses on your phone, so sorry. Um, it's one of those rare occasions, Sister Pat, when you have it and they don't. Usually they have it and you don't. But um, what man is he that feareth the Lord? Him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. What what other way do you want, right, than the way that the Lord should choose? Um, listen to what he says next. The person that, that's in this place of fearing the Lord, right? That's the first thing. The second thing is, He's going to be taught the way of the Lord and, and the way the Lord shall choose. Um, look what it says next. That person's soul, verse 13 says, his soul shall dwell at ease. That doesn't mean he's not going to have any trouble. Doesn't mean he's not going to have any problems. Doesn't mean there's not going to be trials and tribulations. It means even in the midst of that. Do you remember when that, that storm came up on the sea and the Lord was asleep? in the boat he was at ease even in the midst of the storm he was at ease the, of course he was the one that the, the storm was obeying right you know but the disciples were beside themselves don't you care that we perish they woke him up you know um, but you know what's the psalmist saying he's saying that we can be at ease even in the midst of trouble um, why not because of Bruce's strength, not because of his resolve, not because of whatever resources he might have, except they be in the Lord. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me, right? So this man is dwelling at ease. And it says, his seed shall inherit the earth. And then you go into verse number 14, he starts talking about the secret of the Lord. Well, only the one who has the secret of the Lord can dwell at ease, and the only one that can dwell at ease is the one that fears the Lord, right? We could just keep going forwards and backwards with this, couldn't we? The secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Mine eyes are ever toward the Lord, for he shall pluck my feet out of the net. What hope do we have of deliverance? Is it not? in the Lord alone and if it's in the Lord then where else are you going to look you know my eyes shall ever be upon the Lord where else are you going to look verse 16 says turn thee unto me and have mercy upon me for I am desolate and afflicted what do we say the man who fears the Lord is not going to be without you know trouble and the man who's at ease is not going to be without trouble here it is he says, he's desolate and afflicted. Verse 17 says, the troubles of his heart are enlarged. Um, he says, bring thou me out of my distresses. This man's in distress. Look upon my affliction and my pain. You hear all these things? And forgive all my sins. Now, there's, there's a picture there, isn't it? I mean, the man who fears the Lord, I'm getting ahead of myself, but the man who fears the Lord, when, when things come into our lives, there's no shortage of things that we could point to that we might say, this could be because of that. You know, the Lord may be chastening me here because of that that I did. There's no shortage of things that we could, you know, have to point to. Verse 19, consider mine enemies, for they are many. I, I hope you realize that you have enemies. You know, the Lord said if they hated me, they're going to hate you also. But even these distresses can be enemies, right? I mean, trouble that comes that would cause us to fear and not to be at ease, that's an enemy. It's sinful for us not to trust the Lord, isn't it? It's sinful for us, you know, to fear something else, to revere something else instead of him. You know, you could put that word revere there in the, in the place of fear, right? And so you fear something else or revere something else is greater than God. What's greater than God? 
But yet we do it all the time, don't we? We fear things, and we regard them as greater than God. And A, you know, we, we, we look at the thing, and we don't regard the fact that God's the one that sent it, just like the storm the disciples were in that boat, right? You know, and B, we don't regard the fact that God's greater than that thing. I mean, are we going to, we going to, David didn't regard Goliath in that way. I mean, he went out there on the battlefield and said, who are you to stand against the armies of the living God? You know, right? He regarded God. He didn't regard Goliath. You know. um, so, consider my enemies for they are many and they hate me with a cruel hatred. Verse 20, oh, keep my soul. Let me tell you, you can't. You can't keep yours, but he can. He can. Oh, keep my soul and deliver me. Let me not be ashamed. Okay, so here this man has put his trust in the Lord, asking the Lord to keep him. And in asking the Lord to keep him, he said, Lord, I put all my trust in you. Don't let me be ashamed. You ever pray that way? Hmm? You ever think that way when you're praying? Yeah. How about how about when you've made a decision? I, I've I've had it in in this way. This most recent in my mind. It's the way it comes to me. So here's this thing that the Lord's called me to do, right? And I've made it known that the Lord's called me to do it. Lord, don't let me be ashamed. They know I've put my trust in you. These people know that I that I have put my trust in you in this. Don't let me be ashamed. Glorify yourself. You know, let me not be ashamed, for I have put my trust in thee. Verse 21, let integrity and uprightness preserve me. It's not my integrity. It's not my uprightness. It's that which the Lord gives. You know, if I'm, if I'm walking rightly before the Lord, it's because of the Lord. It's not because of, you know, my ability. So it's this integrity that if I have any integrity in the sight of other men, why is that? I mean, I know there, there was a time, some of you in this room remember when men would, would seal a deal with a handshake. There wasn't a contract. There wasn't a signature. There wasn't any, any type of money that was put down in earnest. Or it was a man's word. And that man's word was his bone. And, you know, Scripture talks about a man that swears to his own hurt. That was the type of men in that day that would shake the hands with one another. And they walked, they walked away from one another knowing that even if something happened, their word was good. Even if something happened that, that, that would cause the person who agreed to buy a certain thing at a certain price or sell a certain thing at a certain price and situation and circumstances happen to where he's actually going to lose money on the deal now. But he gave a man his word and he swore to his own hurt. You know, I, I, I saw the company that I work for right now, which most of you knows my family, but I saw I, I don't I don't own that. My younger brothers own that. And I saw them during twenty twenty and I'm not saying this to make to puff them up. Because them being able to do this is and, and, and swear to their own hurt is the integrity that God gives. That's the strength that God gives. And that's the trust that God gives that even you swore to your own hurt, you're losing on this deal, but Lord, I don't want to dishonor your name. But I saw them during 2020. None of the contracts had anything in them that would protect them against rising material prices. I saw them fulfill job after job after job when the material was costing them double. You know. um, so that's what we're talking about, a man swearing to his own hurt. You know, um, Integrity and uprightness preserve me, for I wait on thee. Verse 22, redeem Israel, O God, out of all his troubles. Let's pray. Brother Jerry, would you pray for us? Thank you. 
Pero rápido, pero ahí yo salí, salí sí. bien rápido. Y yo me paro en Chaurica, en Chaurica, en Chaurica. Amen. I'll keep standing, but you can sit down. So, did did y'all enjoy the meeting? I, I enjoyed the meeting. I thought it was a very good meeting. Um, I believe the Lord spoke through the men that were here. And, uh, um, I know we probably missed a lot of those people this morning when we sang, didn't we? Um, uh, the singing was a little a little louder because we had a lot more people. Um, at the meeting, this side was was heavy and that side was light. This morning, it's a little different, but uh, you know there were people we'd go to we'd go to camp in Bentley, and there were people that'd say, "Oh, I wish I could live here." And Brother Conrad say, "It's not camp time all the time." You know, I mean, we Teresa and I'd stay, and the kids would stay after. You know, they helped clean up, and it was it was. Uh, not a ghost town, but <laughs> there wasn't, there weren't many people at all. There was a little bitty church that, that put on that camp all the time, but um, I know you might kind of have that feeling, you know, this morning a little bit. You know, so many people, the brethren that were here last week aren't here this week, and we miss them. Uh, but one day we'll all be together in glory, won't we? Uh, we won't part any anymore. Um, what did you say, brother? Camp time forever. <laughs> Without the cleanup, right? No cleanup. First <clears throat> uh, Peter one eight says, "Whom having not seen, ye love." Isn't that remarkable? You've never seen the Lord, but you love Him because His love's been shed abroad in your heart, right? Though now you see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable. I mean, it's not just a figment of our imagination. It's not just some thing that we're building up each week and, and uh, you know, that we're hoping, you know, might be true. Uh, it's not some psychological crutch, you know, that we're limping along through life, you know, believing these things. No, the Lord's made himself known. The Lord's made himself real unto us. We are what Brother JT was talking about this morning, a new creature, right? If you're a new creature, you know it, uh, right, in Christ. So so um, it says we rejoice in these things with joy unspeakable and full of glory, it says, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied. You think of all these things that were prophesied, that they were looking forward to, that they were looking for the fulfillment of, that we have seen the fulfillment of. It says they were searching these things. What manner, uh, it says of time, the spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. You are in the flow of the glory that followed um, our Lord's sufferings, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. Can you think about that? And we're talking about holy angels in heaven, and here they're looking down upon the scene. That, that 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 we are right now living in. They're looking upon these scenes. I don't know, Brother Bruce, have they have they how how long have they been looking and they at, you know, at my own life, you know, and say, You remember what he was like? You see what God has done through the sacrifice of his son? Do you see what God has done in the life of that person? It's an absolute transformation. He's nothing like the person before and you know the things that God's going to continue to do and the glory that's still going to follow right I mean we're going to have glorified bodies even um, so they desire to look into these things so we're told in light of those things we're told gird up the loins of your mind and think upon these things be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you 
at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children. Now, now we're getting into territory of the man that fears the Lord. Obedient children. I had a reverence for my daddy, not just because he had a belt, but because he was my daddy. Now, sometimes the belt was necessary, you know, but he was my dad. I knew he loved me. You know, I knew he, he cared about me. He was just trying to teach me and bring me up in the way I should go. Um, so there was a there was a, a reverence there, a respect there. You know, not like I now have, you know, knowing the Lord. You know, before I knew the Lord, that wasn't the same. But um, he says here, not fashioning yourselves according to the form of lust in your ignorance. If you're in the if you're in Christ, you're not ignorant anymore. You know some the secret things that we just read about in Psalm 25. The secret things that belong to the Lord, he's, he's let you in on these things. And I was watching a video this week about, uh, about uh, window installation. You know, Ryan and I were looking at some window installation videos, and I'd watched one uh, apart from him, and this guy was going through, and they were showing how they did you know, things. And, and uh, you know, you've got best practices now in lots of different areas. I'm sure in accounting there's best practices. When I was in insurance, there were best practices. Now there's... Other best practice. If you were still in plumbing, brother, there'd be new best practices for plumbing. Uh, I think some of the old things probably work better than some of the new things they're doing. But anyway, um, we're not ignorant. But as he which hath called you is holy. I mean, this this is this is our Father. He's holy. He's called us to be holy, right? It says, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. All conduct. Every, every, you know, your thought life, you know, your, what you say, what comes out of your mouth, you know, what you, you know, the, 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 little, the song we used to sing in Sunday school, be careful, you know, little feet where you go, little hands what you touch, little eyes what you see, little ears what you hear. You remember that, don't you? Um, but we want to speak this morning upon the subject of the man who fears the Lord. This this man that's writing this to us was a man that feared the Lord. You know, last time we talked about it from the standpoint of meekness. The meek, right? But here it's the man who fears the Lord. The Lord will lead him in the way that he will choose. Proverbs 9.10. You know we have to mention that, right? We're going to talk about the fear of the Lord. The man that fears the Lord. We've got to go to Proverbs 9.10. What does Proverbs 9.10 say? Proverbs 9.10 says this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the holy. Brother JT was talking about, you know, when man fell and, and what he lost. Um, but think about what's been restored in Christ. You know, what we've been given. And we have, we're just the earnest of it, but what we've been given. I, I know we don't understand everything in this book yet. But the Lord has revealed some things unto us. And we're to be faithful with those things. You know, if, if the Lord's given us a little, be faithful with it. If you're faithful with that, guess what? He can give you more. Line upon line. Precept upon precept, right? So he'll give you more. And the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So the light of conviction came. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? The light of conviction came. We were under conviction. We were under condemnation. We knew we were hell bound. We knew that if we were to die at that moment, you know, that we would find ourselves in hell. But the Lord brought us to the place, if you're in Christ this morning, to where we saw our need of him. We saw what our sins looked like in the sight of God. And we saw our need of grace. We saw our need of forgiveness. We saw our need of repentance. You know, Brother JT was talking about that's a work that God does. I mean, this light comes in and this conviction comes in that you're under condemnation. You un understand that you need to flee from the wrath to come, right? Where are you going to flee? Flee to the Lord. So the light of conviction comes in. Understanding is given. We understand the Lord is to be feared. God is to be feared. He is to be revered. There's, there's nothing to be revered about me. That's why I've always shunned, and this is my own personal conviction, I've always shunned anyone ever calling me reverend. 
there is nothing to be revealed about me. There is absolutely everything to be revealed about God. So we understand that he is to be feared. We understand that we have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We understand that he is to be praised, that we belong unto him. We are not our own. We belong unto him. We, we further see we've been bought with a price. I'll read something to you later. It's absolutely just un, unbelievable. Here's another unbelievable thing. You may have heard about this this week. I don't, wherever, um, I'm trying to remember who told me now, but wherever they watched it, I think somebody else had told them, you know, they must watch the same thing every day. But there's a person who I believe, no, I know, born a man, right? He wants to have a transplant and have a uterus like a woman, right? Here's where it gets here's where it gets really dark. Okay? Some of you heard this for the sole purpose of being the first man not only to get pregnant but to have an abortion. Can you believe that? That's dark. That's dark. And in the same news or whatever report, I don't know where it was, but there was a person who felt like that they were blind. They could see. You know, but they just felt like that, that they were blind. And so they burned their eyes with acid so that they would be blind. Another person felt like they were handicapped. And so they cut off a limb. I don't remember what limb it was, but they cut off a limb so they would be handicapped. That's demonic. You know, that's just, there's no fear of the Lord there, you know, at all. Um, but praise the Lord, we've been changed. Because that could be us, right? That could be us. We've been changed. We have a desire to live for him. Above all else, that he would be exalted. Whether we eat, drink, whatsoever we do, that we do all to the glory of God. That's our, that's our desire. So this morning I ask you, do you fear the Lord? Do you regard the Lord? Do you have respect unto the Lord, his person, his commandments? Do you fear displeasing him? I think that's probably pretty fresh on Danny's mind. You know, what the Lord's done in his life. Fear displeasing the Lord. I don't want to displease the Lord. I want to walk with the Lord. Um, I don't want to dishonor the Lord. Here's, here's the man that fears the Lord. This is the person who thinks first and foremost of God and everything that he does. That's the man who fears the Lord. He thinks first and foremost of God and everything that he does. I mean, everything that comes our way, we think first and foremost of God. Can I do this? You know, Brother Mark LaCour asks the question. When people come to him and ask him something that they can't really find clear direction, you know, per se, in the Bible about, or really I think what it is more than that is can't find anything against what they're about to hear uh, in the Word of God. And so he'll ask them this question. Can you do it and glorify God? Right? Think first and foremost of, of God in anything and everything. It's a person who has no greater disappointment than to displease the Lord. I've told you before, there is no more miserable creature on the face of the earth than the Christian who's in sin. That's a miserable human being, the Christian who is in sin. We also have no greater joy than in obedience. Uh, no greater disappointment than disobedience, no greater joy than in obedience. Um, you, you've known the things the Lord's prompted you to do, and you were just like, I just don't know if I can do that. Um, you know, and, and, and then, you know, you, you, you do it, and you're like, you know, there's joy there. Well, what would it have been like if you hadn't done it? You know, the Lord prompts you to say something to someone or, or, or something of that nature, you know, and you're just like, can I really broach this subject with this person at this time? You know, and, and then if you don't do it, we know what that feels like, too, because we've been prompted of the Spirit to do things before and not done them, haven't you? You know, And you know how you felt. You, you wanted to kick yourself and, 
and I can't believe that I didn't, you know, the Lord prompted me to do that, and I didn't do it. I should have done that. Lord, I'm so sorry I didn't do that um, when you prompted me to do it. Just make sure that it's the Lord prompting you to do it, you know, right? <laughs> um, so does our love and fear of the Lord motivate us to do what is right in his sight? There's, there's fear of the Lord. Is, is he first and foremost in your thoughts? Because that's the person who regards the Lord. The Lord's first and foremost in his thoughts. Um, there's a world out there that gives no thought to God. Right? They go about their lives blinded. They're, they're, they're blinded to the reality that there is a God. Are they like Brother JT is saying, suppress that. They, they want to be blind to the reality that there is a God. But they will one day face him in judgment. Here's the statement that I mentioned a while ago. I want to read to you. Um, so I read of one man who said of his life of sin, Jesus died for me. I'm just trying to get my money's worth. Can you imagine? That's not a man that fears the Lord. Let us sin that grace may abound. That's the way those in Paul's day put it. What did Paul say? God forbid. How shall we that are dead unto sin live any longer therein? You know? So it makes us think about Matthew 7, doesn't it? Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father. That's the man who fears the Lord. It's the one who's doing the will of the Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works? It was in name only, wasn't it? I mean, it was like the Pharisee. It was just, they said those things on the street corner, long pretense of prayer because the Lord put his finger on what they were after, didn't he? He said, you want the praise of men? You have your reward. That's what you're after. You have your reward. So we go on and say and, and read that the Lord says, Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. That's the reality. These are people. You, you listen to what's being said. They said, Have we not prophesied in your name? They said, Have we not cast out devils? They said, Have we not done many wonderful works? And the Lord said, you're workers of iniquity. You know, there's there's lots of national stages that people could say, well, did we not, did we not, did we not? And the Lord's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Lots of ministries out there that are claiming to do things for the Lord, but really in reality, they're workers of iniquity. Practically speaking, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. True. Sad to say, but that's that's true. So be very sure of your salvation, because there's people out there that think that they have it, but don't. Make your calling and election sure. Absolutely. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, right? Make it, make, you better be sure. You know, Sister Joyce, if she's here this morning, you might have heard her say it because she says it just about every time you see her. Lord, don't let me be deceived, right? Right? Make it sure, make it sure. Um, the Pharisee, he was certain. You know, he, he boasted of himself. Lord, I do this. Lord, I do that. Um, I'm glad a lot of that guy over there. And yet the Lord said that guy over there who was smiting himself upon the breast wouldn't even lift his eyes to heaven that he was the one that went home justified, right? So 2 Timothy 2.19 says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone that nameth the name of Christ, a lot of people name the name of Christ, that's all they do. How about the rest of it? Let everyone who nameth the name of Christ do what? 
Everybody? Depart from iniquity. Depart from iniquity. There's a couple of statements for you. One from Charles Spurgeon and one from Charles Bridges. Spurgeon said, Saints are described as fearing the name of God. They are reverent worshipers. They stand in awe of the Lord's authority. They are afraid of offending him. When you love somebody, aren't you afraid of offending them? Yeah. I mean, if you truly care about somebody and, and, you, and you want you know, a, a loving relationship to, to, to blossom and to grow um, you know, and continue, uh, you, you don't want to offend them. I don't want to offend that lady. I, I offend her sometimes, but I don't, you know, and Sister Furby, I just, I'm going to go to that cabinet later, so sometimes I leave the cabinet door open and she'll come along and, you know, and I'm like, I was going back to it, you know. <laughs> um, it's the little things, you know. Um, they're afraid of offending him. They feel their own nothingness. Do you feel your nothingness in the sight of God Almighty? Who am I, Lord? Who am I that you should show mercy unto me? Who am I that you should show your grace unto me? Shed your grace and your love abroad in my heart. Who am I? Here's Charles Bridges. He says, but what is the fear of the Lord? He says, it is that affectionate reverence by which the child of God bends himself humbly and carefully to his father's law. This is what my father's law. That's the thing I desire to do. Amen. Right? Isaiah 66, 2. We read it, I think, two weeks ago when we were in Psalm 25. To this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit. And listen to the last part. I mean, this really fits you know, with the man who fears the Lord and that trembleth at my word. I don't want to disobey. I tremble at the very thought. Uh, you know, Joseph and, you know, Potiphar's wife. How can I do this thing? We, we spoke about that two weeks ago. How could I do this thing against God? How could I do that? So, the man who fears God will be taught of God what is the right uh, way to go, the right things to do, the right decisions to make, because this man fears the Lord. He has reverence of the Lord. He's seeking the Lord. Lord, what should I do in this situation? What would you have me to do? Even if it's the hard thing, Lord, what would you have me to do here? He trusts in God. He doesn't depend upon himself. He doesn't trust in himself. He trusts in God. Remember Genesis 5.24, Enoch walked with God. This is the man that fears the Lord. He's walking with God, right? And you get over into Hebrews 11, speaks about Enoch again. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him before, or for before his translation, he had this testimony. So we're in Genesis, he's walking with God. We get over into Hebrews chapter 11, and we find that he had this testimony, that he pleased God. He pleased God. Do we? You know, we sing that old hymn, I'm satisfied with Jesus, but the question comes to me as I think of Calvary. Is my master satisfied with me? Is my master satisfied with me? Without faith, in that same passage in Hebrews 11, it says it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, I can't read that without thinking about Abraham and what God said to him. He said, Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Right? Yes. Can you, can you imagine? I mean, what else do you want? You know? I mean, people talk about heaven and what's going to be in heaven and what they're going to have in heaven. What else do you want? Your reward is him. <laughs> I mean, what greater reward could you have?
Which would you not want, Bruce? Righteousness, peace, or joy? You know, it's like my high school English teacher said. You know, which which digit would you like to cut off and do without? None of them. You know, I would keep all of them. You know, um, you know. I was talking to a cabinet maker just this past week, and he was talking about somebody that he and I both know, um, and he he had had hurt his his little finger in the cabinet shop to the point that he just told me he said, just cut it off. I don't need it. And then one day he said, I was in his presence and he picks up a handful of screws and they all fell out because he was missing, you know, that finger, you know. Um, so, yeah, which one would you want to do without? You know, none of them. Uh, I want all of them um, because God said I could have all of them, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight thyself also in the Lord. I know we've, we've I, I read this sort of frequently to you, but delight yourself in the Lord. This is a man that fears the Lord. His, his delight is the Lord. His, his delight is God. His reward is God. He fears the Lord. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. What is that practically saying to us? That the desires of my heart are going to be right. It's not, it's not saying this. Oh, you mean I get to, I get to have everything I want? You know, the, all the desires of my heart, I get to, I get to have. No. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. So no, it means the Lord's going to establish your thoughts. I mean, talk about this girding up the loins of your mind. You know, I mean, establishing your thoughts where they're right. The man who fears the Lord, that's that's the reality, you know, in his life. Uh, and so it says here that God will give you the desires of your heart so in that place we're walking you know with God like Enoch um, we're walking by the spirit like the scripture says um, the man who fears the Lord is that's, that's walking with God like it, he, he's walking you know in the spirit he's walking with God in prayer he's walking with God in faith and in obedience he's looking unto him who is the author and finisher of our faith so there's a comfort isn't there in knowing that the Lord will order the steps of what kind of a man? What did the scripture say? A righteous man. The Lord orders his steps. So there's a comfort in knowing as I walk with the Lord, as I fear the Lord, as I depend upon the Lord and trust in the Lord and look to the Lord, that he's going to order my steps. How many days have you started without praying? And things have gone like, other days that you began, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen today. I don't know what's coming, you know, my way. It's probably not going to be zippity doo dah, you know, uh, everything going my way sort of thing. It's, there's probably going to be some hard things, you know. Uh, Mr. Bluebird may not be on my shoulder, right? Um, so, you know, I, um, Lord, I need grace to be able to answer every man today in a way that would please you. I need grace to have my thoughts established rightly about every situation that I encounter. Um, you know, I, I want you to interject your word in all of these things. I want to think about you and what your word says in these things that I might walk before you and establish my steps. You know, I can't do this. I'm not sufficient. I, I, I need your grace every single day. Um, I, I want to work out my own salvation with fear and trembling before you. You know, and I need your strength and I need your grace. Um, I need your mercy. So there is a comfort, as we said, in knowing that the Lord will order the steps of a righteous man who is the person who desires to be led by God. You know, that's the reality that goes along with it, is, is that they're practically every day walking in such a way that they're looking to the Lord. All, it, we, we read it about the, his eyes being ever towards the Lord. You know, that's the man who fears the Lord. His eyes are looking unto the Lord. I mean, you, you think about a, uh, if we had a relationship, you know, where there was a servant and a master. I mean, the servant that's truly seeking to please his master is ever looking, you know, to. When, when Andrew first went to work, and he didn't really have, you know, any construction experience. But when he first went to work, I wasn't working, you know, in construction with him at the time. I was still in insurance. And I told him, I said, watch the guys around you. Watch the lead guys around you. Try to anticipate what it is that they might need next. And I said, they'll see that. They'll, 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 they'll notice that, and, and they'll teach you. you know, they'll say, well, this kid, he really wants, he's not just here to earn a paycheck. You know, he's, not, he's not just going to stand around you know, until 5 o'clock. Um, 
or in their case, 3.30. They get to work earlier. But, but uh, you know, this kid works a lot. You know, kid and boy. You know, but, but uh, you know, he, he really wants to know. Um, well, I mean, that's sort of the picture of what we have here. You know, we're looking to the Lord. We want to know. Well, verse number 13, you know, tells us that that person that we've described, that person that fears the Lord, it says in verse 13 that his soul shall dwell at ease. Dad was in the army. You know, they had to stand at attention until, you know, their commanding officer said, at ease. You know, <laughs> they weren't so tense. You know, didn't have to snap to attention, you know, and stand, you know, uh, you know, and Bruce is thinking back <laughs> in his own mind. <laughs> well, they would hurt your thumb. <laughs> your commanding officer bit you because your thumb wasn't the right place. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, you know, I guess if you, didn't, if you weren't afraid, if there wasn't any fear there, you could say, well, how'd it taste? Yeah, it was at ease. Yeah. <laughs> well, are you at ease? Are you at ease? Yeah. I'm not saying there's not difficulties in your life, but are you at ease in this sense that you're able to rest in the Lord? You're able to trust in Him. You're able to take those things. You know, Philippians tells us to, you know, that to bring these things and talking about that peace that passes, you know, passes understanding. You know, that here we've we've made our request known, we've made our petition known. And, and here we are in a place where there's a peace that we don't even, you know, like people look around us and they're like, I don't understand how there could be a peace right now. There's a storm. The boat's filling up with water. You know, how can they be at peace? How can they be at ease? Um, think about Peter. He was in prison. They were, you know, they were going to s get do something, you know, with him, more than likely put him to death. He had guard on each side of him, he's, he's chained with two chains. There's two guards. And what's he doing? He's sleeping. He's at ease. I mean, an angel has to come in there and wake him up. You know, there's, there's an ease there. There was a trust there. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. He might tell us if we had a chance to ask him. You know, myself personally, I can't tell you exactly what's going to happen to me. You know, will I be beheaded like John? You know, will this happen to me or that happen to me? But then again, he could tell us, I know exactly what's going to happen whatever God's ordained. There's ease. There's rest. Lord, you know. Give me, give me grace, whatever it is, whatever it is to face it. I mean, when you look at the word there, you know, in Hebrew, it, 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 has, it has the idea of, of, of goodness, you know, attached to it. And so I'm going to put it in these terms that you're able to lodge yourself in that goodness. Or to think about it another way, another psalm, you know, the Lord is a strong and mighty tower, right? And and those who run into that tower, they're what? They're safe. They're safe. So there's ease, you know, there. Um, I mean, you're a child of the King of kings and Lord of lords. You know, you really couldn't have a higher title than what you have. I don't care about what earthly monarchs may, may boast in titles that they have. There is no greater title than to be a child of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Um, all things are yours. All things are working together for your good. You know, if you are a child uh, of God, so you can be at ease. In other words, rest. You can rest, you know, in him. You can lodge yourself in his goodness. You can dwell with him, rest in him. It's Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me. All ye who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There's the ease. You know, there's the ease there. So do we dwell in the Lord who is a strong and mighty tower for those who take refuge in him? When something comes in your life, is that where you run? Is that where I run? You know, do I run there? Do we, do we have need to remind one another of the place that we need to run? Of the place that we need to rest? Sure. I mean, we get so, you know, I've, I've, I've quoted that verse of scripture to you before where it says, be not afraid of what? Sudden fear. Isn't that an interesting verse of scripture? Because fear is going to come. Be not afraid of sudden fear. You know, I've, I've told you before, it's almost like an, 
in a sense, an oxymoron, like jumbo shrimp, you know, kind of thing. But, but uh, be not afraid of sudden fear. Fear is going to come. Don't you be afraid of it. Fear the Lord. Have respect. Of, don't respect that thing. Fear the Lord. Maybe, maybe you did the wrong thing, and now you're having to suffer the consequences. Don't fear the consequences. Fear the Lord. Trust in him. Know that he's going to use even that to work together for your good. You know, you're going to learn even through that experience. Um, so fear the Lord. Here it is in another place. Okay, Philippians 4, verses 11 to 13. Paul says this, I've learned in whatsoever state I am in, therewith to be what? Content. I mean, there's ease, right? The, the, the Lord has me in this situation. If I'm poor or if I'm rich, if I'm healthy or if I'm sick, I mean, how many different categories could we throw in there? You know, whatever the case may be, I've learned, Paul says, in whatever state I'm in, you know, therewith to be content. Why? Because God's in control. Because God is sovereign. Because God's over all these things. Therefore, we can be at rest. He says, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. And then we get to that verse, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> True. But that's not a small thing, is it? You know, I mean, I mean, that's all we've been talking about. I mean, these are things, these are realities that the Lord has brought into our lives, or we would know nothing of them. We would understand nothing of them, not 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 in any real way. Somebody could try to explain it to us, and we'd say, "Okay, I understand what you're saying," but I've never known that kind of thing. Um, there have been people that have come up to people I know and say, "I wish I had the peace that you do." It's a piece they don't understand. It, it, there's a secret there that they haven't figured out yet. Um, that they think in their minds, you know, that they somehow can reach that state. Well, maybe I need to, you know, become a Buddhist, or maybe I need to, you know, uh, do yoga and I need to meditation and, and all that kind of. No, it's not in any of those things. Um, the Lord says, "I'm the way." He, he, he's He's the way of salvation. We know, but it, we could say here. That, that he's the way of being at ease. He's the way of being at rest. He's the way of being able to lodge yourself in the goodness of God. He's the way in, to be able to trust in the, in the Lord with all of our hearts and lean not upon our own understanding and all our ways acknowledge him and he direct our paths. I mean, he's the way for you know, all those things. Um, how about in another sense, what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, he says, lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation. So this understanding that God had given me, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I sought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And the Lord's response was, my grace is sufficient. This is necessary, Paul. This is needful. This is going to remain. I'm not going to remove it. And so, therefore, the man who fears the Lord, what's his response? He says, most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities. God said this, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And so Paul says, I take pleasure in my infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I so there's a content, you know, I, I think that goes along with him saying, I've learned in whatsoever state I'm in, therewith to be content, doesn't it? I mean, here's a thorn in the flesh that he wants to be removed, and God says, no. Okay, Lord, I'll be content. I'll be content that this is necessary, this is needful. He doesn't have it anymore. The thorn's been removed. You know how a thorn feels when it's in your finger, you know? I mean, it could be this tiniest thing from a rose bush. Um, and it, and it gets, you know, tender and red and, you know, for longer it's there, it can even get infected, you know, but, but, uh, but until you get it out, it hurts. I mean, more than, more than whatever you had to do to get it out. You know, you might have made the, the hole bigger to get the thorn out than it was to begin with, 
but it doesn't hurt now near as bad as it did then. Um, so are we content in him, relying upon him, looking to him, delighting in him? Is, is he our treasure and our exceeding great reward? You know, we could ask. Are we satisfied with Christ and is Christ satisfied with us? How many times did he turn to the disciples and say, Oh, you of little faith. Why do you fear? I mean, he would tell them, Why do you, why are you afraid? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. Right. So, and I've, I've, I've thought about it in this way too, Brother Bruce, and think about when he's, when there have been, you know, Gentiles. And he would say to them, because of their response to him, Oh, woman, great is thy faith. Or, or the centurion said, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof. You just speak the word and it'll be done. I'm a man that's in a position you know, of authority. And I told this one to go this way or that way, and they do it. You know, I've not seen such, so great faith. No, not in all of Israel. And the disciples were standing there at that time. And to me, I think about it, I think, Oh, you little faith. <laughs> in the same way. Uh, I've not seen so great faith. Here these disciples are, you know. Um, they've seen some, some mighty things, but um, there. so that's a good ease, the, the trusting in the Lord, right? Relying upon him, looking unto him, resting in him, knowing that the Lord's going to do what is best and what is right and what is good in any situation, right? Then you've got the rich man who was at ease, right? You know, he had the barns, he tore them down, built bigger ones. He said unto his soul, take thine ease. You have many goods laid up for many years to come. You know, um, not, not a testimony against riches. They're not evil. The love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. Uh, but there have been men in, 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 in Scripture that have been very wealthy. And yet they walked with the Lord. You know, they walked with God. Um, but this man, you know, his... His thoughts towards the things that he had, you know, were not right. And the thing that Brother JT said this morning, you know, this is this is God's word speaking when it says, "Thou fool, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee." Then whose are these things going to belong to? You know, then, um, you know that that man's end was hell. There's no ease there. He thought he was at ease. There's no ease there. The end of the believer, though, is vastly different. Then the king shall say unto them on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. That's what the man who fears the Lord will hear. That's what he won't hear. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity, I never knew you. Bind him hand and foot, cast him in the outer darkness. But they'll hear, come, you blessed of my father. You know, I, I know we're probably going to be like, you think about those people who say, well, Lord, when did we see you sick? When did we see you in prison? When did we see you naked? When did we see you hungry? When did we see you thirsty? Inasmuch as you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. Right? So, I, I think I'm probably out of time now. Brother Glenn, I, 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 I really had thought maybe that I would get through verse number 22. But, uh, <laughs> 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 well, you know, I knew we would get as far as as we ought to. Um, I, I, I hope that that these things are profitable for you. Um, I hope they've been helpful unto you. I hope they're and they're they're not things that you don't already know, right? I mean, some of us may not know them as well as others, but we need to be stirred up, don't we? We need to be stirred up. We need to be reminded. You know, Peter said it. You know, you know, I'm, I'm writing these things to stir you up. You know, I'm, I'm trying to stir up the fear of the Lord. I'm, I'm trying to stir up 
resting in him. I'm trying to stir up the reality. We didn't get that far. But the reality is that, that the secret things that belong in the Lord, you have been comfortable. You, you've made them known to me. What a blessed position you are in. How gracious God has been. Right? How merciful God has been on Dorcas. Just being reminded of that reality. Amen. We're not what we were. And what God has done in our lives. Amen. Yes. It ought to invoke praise. It, it, it ought to invoke prayer. It ought to invoke entering into his courts with thanksgiving. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the grace that you've shown unto me. I thank you for the grace that you've shown unto others that are around me. I thank you for the for the grace of the the the, the, the place that we have to be able to come and meet and a desire to come and meet you. I know some of you drive a long ways. Um, you know, to be able to meet you. We're, we're glad that you do. When you're not here, we're, I said it before, we miss you. Oh, yeah. So, what what a glory we've been given. What a precious, precious reality is ours in Christ um, that has been shown unto us. Our eyes being opened, our ears being opened, our hearts being opened. Um, God's Spirit, God dwells in you. You know, there was, I thought about it when, when, when Lydia was, when the Lord saved Lydia, that, that when, when, you know, it was been a long time, you know, between my children until you know Anna came to them, and we were sitting on the couch, and I was thinking, I'm sitting beside a person that the Spirit of God did not dwell in before, but the Spirit of God now dwells in, you know, um, and the Lord just brought that to my mind, you know, in a very, very, very real way, um, and what what resulted from that thankfulness, thankfulness for what God has done in any of our lives. In any of our lives. Um, so, I was going to say something, but then I thought about something else that was going to come to me. About not being so personal, so I'm not going to say it. <laughs> um, you're, you, it, doesn't, it doesn't take away from, you know, you're not missing out um, on, you, you, we, we, we've looked at these things. Been another illustration or another slide needed, you know. Um, so um, I, I can tell you, I, I I wasn't gonna. This isn't what I was gonna say. I wasn't gonna say this, but I, but I'm gonna say it. Uh, just because of time constraints, I wasn't gonna say it. I watched a service online of a church, um, quote unquote church, and after I finished watching that. I was like, Lord, I am so grateful. I mean, we get so accustomed to what we have. You, know, you, you don't know what you have until it's gone. You know, so we get so accustomed to what we have here. I mean, you think about the liberty that we have here. You know, and, and, and <laughs> I know we feel it more when more of us are together and we have a meeting. But, but um, I mean, this that I watched, I was just. I, I'm, I'm not going to say that the things that were said, but I couldn't believe that they were being said. Um, but it's just, after I finished, I mean, it's almost like I wanted to go wash my hands. You know, um, really? You know, that That's what goes for people gathering together and meeting, supposedly, in, in the Lord's name? Um, I, I was awed. Um, and, and it was somewhere close to here. It wasn't very far away. This wasn't like Osteen and Houston, you know. Yeah, or California, you know, even worse, you know. I don't know. It was probably running pretty close range. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, how thankful we ought to be for what the Lord's given unto us. Not just the food that's going to be on our plates later, um, but, but just all the things the Lord's done in all of our lives. We're so grateful. Um, so thankful that we were all able to be here this morning and to be able to open God's Word again. And, and to look into these things and to have eyes to see and ears to hear um, and ask the Lord to help us not to forget them, you know, not to let them slip. You know, I mean, to, 
ביבים, של אנשים.